Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Yo. Good morning to you. <laughs> are we over this that we're doing this in the mornings yet? Um, during well, the day? It is morning for people who are listening either way. So we might oh, as well just lean in. <laughs> I just feel like it's only been the last however many weeks that all of a sudden it's like every time I'm like, good morning. I, know. I like it. It's we're we're bright eyed and bushy tailed and ready for murders. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean I'm not that ready yet. I need a little bit of buffer first. <laughs> oh, okay, I went to the grocery store this morning before uh-huh. we are jumped on here, and I was walking into the group. You're not going to believe this. I was walking into the grocery store, and this car was backing up out of her parking space to get, you know, to pull out to leave the grocery store and she was backing up. She hit a car. She hit a parked car. (gasps) I'm standing there and I had, she about hit me first of all. (laughs) And she was backing up. She was not looking at all. She, I don't know if she was on the phone or what was going on, but she's backing up and she just backed right into this car. And I was just standing there looking like, uh, hello. She just pulls away. She goes to pull away. Okay. <laughs> so there's so many people in the parking lot who were all looking at her. We can all see her pull away. The best part though, the there was a little boy in the back seat of her car. The, of her car and the uh-huh. window was down and we're all standing there looking and he sticks his head out of the window and he goes, did you just see that? <laughs> like, um, Yes. <laughs> Yes, we did. <laughs> okay. You need to holler at your mom. Tell her to stop the car. She just, and she broke the um, headlight on the car. Oh, she, my goodness. Did She just pulled away. She just drove away. She did? Yeah, she did. Even she knew her son was talking to us about her, her backing into this car. And she still just took off. So they got her license plate and went into the store and told the people at the store. But I don't know how they would find the owner of that car that she hit. I'm assuming they will. I don't know. Well, hit and yeah. run. I witnessed a hit and run. Maybe they put a note on the owner of the car like, hey, we saw it happen. Come into the store. We have the license oh, that, plate. Maybe. That's what we should have done probably. Or just wrote the license plate number or something. Right, yeah. And like I our care. phone numbers. I know. It's so funny. Though. We were all like, uh, really? <laughs> I can't believe the kid saw it and is like, <laughs> or spilt it. <laughs> I wish you could see me because he really did. Like, he goes, Do you see that? <laughs> He's like hanging out the window, like looking at us, like, y'all, y'all saw that, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. Wow. Anyway. She must have pulled out real far. Or did she just have a big, long car? No, it was a little oh. tiny thing. She just kept on going. Like I got all like room in the world. Yeah, I don't know what she was doing. She's about to back over us. She backed into the car, and then she was just yeah. like, "All right, I'm just gonna go now. I'm just gonna go home with my ice cream." Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> funny. There we go. That's hilarious. That sounds almost like a, a mom that maybe needs a break. (laughs) 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 And speaking of breaks, you like how I did that? (laughs) Good segue. Um, Beth and I are going to take a break, guys. Not for long. We just need a little bit of time away from the research and the recording somewhat. Not really. The recording's kind of fun, but just the research, you know, it kind of, it gets heavy. And we've been doing this for what? 
now, like over a year and a couple months, like mm-hmm. straight. I mean, maybe we've taken a couple times, but we've not oh, really taken a real break. I can remember. So our intention is to take the entire month of July off of researching and recording, but we will have two episodes in July, right? Yes. The last two weeks of July. Exactly. So the first two weeks, we are not going to be releasing episodes, Fourth of July week, and then the week after, just so that we can spend some time with our family. And then the last two weeks, we'll be back on schedule as normal and until the end of the year, probably. Yes. So, (laughs) yeah, because we've been like feverishly recording. We're actually like months ahead right now with recordings, which is kind of exciting. Thanks to all these suggestions that are coming in. Yeah, for real. We kind of had to to keep up with them. <laughs> Been banging them out. <laughs> yeah, we have. So just letting so you know. We do have something special coming at the end of June. So stay tuned for that because we're going to do a little something extra since we are taking those first couple weeks of July off. We're going to send you into July with something fun and exciting. So stay tuned so to find out what that is. Okay. All right. I think that's all of housekeeping announcements give me some murder you got it all right well are you ready for this Beth? i am ready for this i hope you are because this is kind of i don't know this one Ah, I've already told you a million things that I was so like confused about this one so i'll just go into it but i do have a feeling that many of you are aware of this case because it's Cameron Todd Willingham. Have you heard that? I don't think so. Will Willingham? Really? Willingham. That's, oh, no. You will. You will. You will. Like, maybe you don't remember the name, but you'll know this case. Okay. Um, But I don't know how many, like me, actually, like, dove into this to, like, beyond what was on the surface of, like, what was in the news and whatnot. Um, because I, I, that's all I heard was that it happened, whatever, and took it at face value. And then I forgot about it and didn't dive into it until now when Stacy, our listener, Stacy suggested it. Okay. (laughs) So thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Stacy. And because I've dove dove into it, now I'm questioning a lot of things. Oh (laughs) no. That happened to me with Scott Peterson. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. When I delved into Scott Peterson, I was like, well, was she seen walking the dog? I don't know. <laughs> right. Yes. Exact kinds of things. So so just hang with me and hold on okay. to your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. So Cameron Todd Willingham, who from this point on, I'm going to refer to as Todd because everybody else does. Okay. Um, he was born in 1968 in Oklahoma. <clears throat> His mother had several children from a few different men and ultimately abandons Todd when he's a toddler. In California, from what I heard, but I don't have no idea how they got there. I don't actually know if that is true. I don't know. I know he was abandoned, and at 18 months, he is sent to live with his father, who has by now remarried, or not remarried, because I don't think he was ever married to the other, to Todd's mom, but married another woman. And she takes him in and raises him just like he's her own. They reportedly have a great relationship, love each other. Todd struggles a little bit in his youth and his dad's real strict. And so Todd just manages to get into a lot of trouble just because, you know, he's just, he's a troublemaker. Hmm. Um, Some people believe that he may have gotten into drugs around the age of 11. 
But Yeesh. yeah, I know. Cause I think of that. I'm like, Hmm, my middle guy's one year old. I was just getting ready to could say that's our kids. Yikes. Yeah. Could I imagine that? No, I can't. I can't imagine that, but I guess it What's happens. the access? I think I can't imagine that part. Like where would an 11 year old get access to? That? So, um, okay. So first of all, let me just finish. Some say it's 11, some say 14, but anyway, either way, it's a range of young, you know, that's a young age, but he's inhaling spray paint cans. So oh my goodness, he has access because he has access. Like I, I think back then, I don't think they were as controlled. Cause I feel like now you have to be like 18 to buy spray. Paint. I had to show ID yeah. to buy some of that compressed air. Oh yeah. I had oh, to, to buy like compressed clean. air to clean the computer yeah. keyboard out with. And I had to show ID. I think I, I, I haven't bought it in a long time, but I had to buy spray paint to paint like a chair for my pool in Wake Forest, actually. And I'm pretty sure I had to show ID for that, too. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit more regulated now. But spray paint cans is what Todd was into. Yikes. Um, <clears throat> several years later, he drops out of school at the at in 10th grade. So he drops out of 10th grade. Okay. Yeah. That's so we're, we're going down. It's a pattern the, here. Of, yeah, a path of, here. Yes, a path. Mm-hmm. There you go. And he, you know, things just start to go downhill. He starts to get into trouble with the law, um, and I'm going to now kind of just go through all of the things that happened over the next several years kind of pretty quickly. Like in April of 1986, he gets caught carrying a concealed weapon and um, gets arrested for public intoxication, which he gets four days in jail and fines. Then in May 1986, he's arrested for second-degree burglary and also... At the same in the same month, he's arrested for supplying paint, like spray paint cans, for sniffing to a twelve-year-old, and he's ordered to pay restitution and gets fifteen days in jail and six months probation. He then gets arrested for the same thing, supplying paint cans to minors, in November of nineteen eighty-six, and gets sixty days in jail. April of nineteen eighty-seven. I know, I know, right? I mean, the the way they worded the like arrest. I mean. The, it was very hard and confusing, so that's why I'm just saying he got arrested for <laughs> supplying paint cans for. Okay, but that's not what it was labeled. On right, the so strange. Arrest report. I know. <laughs> In April of 1987, he's arrested for grand larceny and gets two years probation and 60 days in jail. In November of 1988, he gets a DUI because he's high on those paint cans again. And gets one year probation and has to register in an inpatient rehab program. And in February of 1989, he's arrested for shoplifting and is sentenced to attend a boot camp in Oklahoma at the Oklahoma State Prison. And I saw I, read, I mentioned to you that I watched several like documentary kind of pieces on this. And the judge that I think he came in front of most of the time was like, I tried to just like slap him on the wrist a couple times, like. All right, dude. You know, stop stealing bikes. Stop whatever he's doing. Like, stop sniffing paint cans hands now. <laughs> you know, like, get yourself some help. And then at that point, I just had to be like, all right, now you've got to actually spend some real time somewhere because you know it's not helping you. Hmm. So, but she said, like, she was like, but he wasn't like a bad kid. He wasn't like killing people. He was doing stupid teenage stuff and just getting into trouble nonstop. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's just very young and immature. So now we have a few timeline gaps um, that I can't, I just, I can't fill them in. I don't know what happened, but I know that at some point he ends up in Corsicana, Texas, real quickly after this boot camp. Because even some 
reports that I read like actually overlapped. And I was like, well, I don't know how those could have happened at the same time. So I feel like there was things that weren't reported exactly correctly, Mm -hmm. but I know that he had, he did those, got arrested and got in trouble for those things. And then all of a sudden he ends up in Corsicana, Texas, which is about an hour South of Dallas. I, and like I said, I think it happened not long after that boot camp stint. And this is where he meets Stacy. I think you say this Kai Kendall. She's okay. a, yeah. And it's funny, Stacy. Stacy is the one who oh. <laughs> suggested this. Not the same like, one, is it? <laughs> no. no. Okay. I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> um, she's a senior in high school at the time and working at a Dairy Queen. She's probably about 17 and Todd is 19 going on 20. According to his stepmother in interviews, um, he's not just having a relationship with Stacy at this time, though. There's a neighbor that is an older woman who has children that's Todd's age because she mentions how she was not supportive of that. She was against that completely. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's he's not a one-woman man. Okay. <laughs> he likes to play the field. And a wide age range, too. Yeah, exactly. I know. High school to somebody that's my mom's age. Um. Uh, also at some point, Stacy and Todd move in together, which again, I don't know when, but I think it's pretty quickly because on Todd's 20th birthday, Stacy reveals that she's pregnant with their first child. So like within a year of them dating, she's pregnant. Now he, when she tells Todd, he's less than thrilled about this. And according to Stacy, even says that he starts to become abusive towards her during this. And Yeah. At one point, Stacy reports that Todd pushed her over a bathtub and and exclaims that she, she exclaims that she could have had a miscarriage. And his answer to that was, "Well, that wouldn't have been a bad thing, because oh, gross. He doesn't really want. He's like, I don't want that life. I don't want young, you know, kids at a young age. I didn't want to go down that path. But anyway, Stacy doesn't report any of this to the police, though. So there's no record of it. But this is what she's saying happens." Amber, their first daughter, daughter, you know, and then that. Okay, Long Island. And it catches me off guard every time it happens. Tell me about their daughter. <laughs> that daughter was born. Um, and when she's eight months old, Stacy finds out she's pregnant again. Ooh. And she goes to her first ultrasound. And what do you think she finds out? Oh, my gosh. It's twins. It's twins. Oh. <laughs> so how do you think Todd reacted to that? news <laughs> did he push her down two flights of stairs this time uh no I'm, but maybe it's because they didn't have stairs i don't know actually i don't know what the kind of house they had but he was definitely pissed off and according to stacy he beat her and when she tried to pick the phone up to call 911 he used the phone to beat her and broke the phone oh my gosh okay he's mm-hmm. getting mad yeah still police are never called she does kick him out But six weeks later, comes back, and he's apologizing, and she lets him back into the house. So Cameron and Carmen. She's about to be, what, 20 years old with three kids or something like that? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. And all three girls, by the way. So Amber, Cameron, and Carmen. Cameron and Carmen are born, and when the twins are about two months old, Stacy accuses Todd of having affairs because he was saying he's at work, and she was finding out that he's actually not at work. I'm not even sure he was actually working at the time because I don't think that he held down a steady job for a while. Um, And she's not wrong because according to the stepmom, 
he was, you know, seeing this neighbor across the street. Mm -hmm. So, but he doesn't like being accused of it. So he beats her pretty badly this time. And she reports that she starts to hemorrhage because she's just had a baby. And she's like, I, she says something about, which I don't know anything about this. And maybe you can shed light that after you've had a baby, you could actually hemorrhage and like die. Like, you know, oh yeah, like so badly that it could, I mean, I'm sure that can happen without, but because I guess you're kind of <laughs> sensitive in that mm-hmm. stomach area. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that if that does happen, it happens like immediately after you have the baby. Like okay, so. within minutes of after you have the baby, your bleeding is supposed to at some point stop. Right. And sometimes it doesn't. And so people, okay. women will, but I don't know about like days or weeks or months I think she was later. thinking like maybe because like it, there's a chance that it wouldn't stop because she still wasn't fully healed from having the right. baby. And so if she was oh, in that guess, area, yes, possibly that could happen. Yeah. So she says she spent an entire night, the entire night in a bathtub full of water and like actually slept because she was like so concerned. And like, anyway, she had just been bleeding all over the place. Oh my gosh. Yet she still doesn't call the police on time. Mm. So, you know, we just have this tumultuous, is that the right word? Relationship. Like, you know, and she's not putting an end to it. I did hear um, that her mom was killed by her dad when she was young. So she didn't start out life wow, very okay. good. So she's, I don't know. Not an she, easy upbringing, I would imagine. Yes, not an easy upbringing. And I don't know that she really knows what it's like to have a good life, you know, like, and so maybe this is just normal. I don't, I don't know. I'm speculating here 100%. So yeah, no, you're right. Statistically, sadly. Yeah. So at this point, we know that Stacy is working at a bar at night to keep the family afloat, and Todd is the stay-at-home dad. Um, the two pretty consistently have money problems, which is not a surprise. And despite all the abuse and money issues, Stacy and Todd get married. Oh. So after the kids, and after all these beatings, um, in September of 1991. Um. Also, at this point, I've heard that he ends the long-term affair with the older neighbor because he's uh, choosing his family over oh, that now. Oh, so now I mean, he's becoming a stand-up guy, I guess. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I <don't> know. <laughs> he doesn't so, ever hurt the kids, does he? Is it uh, just? Oh, we get. Oh, oh gosh. We're okay. There. Oh, we're getting Lord. There. And you'll. Lord. I think. I, I think you're going to remember it once I start talking about. It. Okay. So just a few months later, on the morning of December 23rd, two days before Christmas, 1991, Stacy gets up early and goes to a thrift store to buy some gifts for the children for Christmas, because this is their financial state. She has to go to the thrift store. As she is in line to pay for her items, a police officer comes in to look for Stacy. And when she asked, what, like, what do you need me for? He's like, I don't really know. I was just told to bring you to the hospital. She's like, Okay. So they bring her there, and not long after she walks in, she finds out that all three of her children have died in a fire out there. <gasps> all three. Oh, my gosh. How old were they? Um, Two and one, because they were twins. So Wow. Twins oh, they were... Babies. Babies. Mm-hmm. According to reports, Todd was awakened by Amber, the oldest, the two-year-old, calling Daddy. And when Todd woke up, he realized the house was full of smoke and he tells Amber to go outside and goes to the twins room and feels around for the girls and grabs what he thinks because he can't see and whatever. So he's just feeling around on the floor. He grabs what he thinks is at least one of their legs and runs out the door. He comes out and realizes it's a stuffed animal. No. I think that you can feel the difference between that. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Again, these this is the reports. So, okay. Amber's not anywhere to be seen. So Amber's not did not go out of the house when he says he told her to run out. A neighbor is alerted by her children that are playing outside that there's a fire next door. So she comes out and calls 911. And she notices Todd outside yelling that his babies are inside and burning up. An explosion happens and blows out the windows. Oh, my gosh. And according to her, he runs to move his car away from the burning house. Okay. Right, (laughs) because, you know, priorities. Yeah. And according to another neighbor, he doesn't seem to be trying hard enough to save his girls. Although, I mean, granted, this guy is no saint and he's clearly proven that he's, you know, somewhat of a douche canoe. <laughs> but <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but this is also one of those cases like how do you know how you're going to react when your house is burning up and exploding that you would just find it so I know it's your kids and you love your kids so easy to run into that burning building to like save them. I I would like to think that yes, I would it would be like, yep, yeah, no thought, I'm just going in. I don't care about my own safety. But really, like, do you know how you'd be? Well, he cared about his own safety and his car. Well, yes. So (laughs) I can can pretty well say that I'm not going to give a crap about my car in the driveway if my kids are inside the house burning. Well, yes. And I'm not going to be like, hold on, girls. Hold on. I'll come get you in a minute. Let me go. Let me go move my truck. Fair. 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 Fair assertion at this point. (laughs) So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about what may have happened in this situation. And I just may blow your mind so you want to stick to the end. Oh, Lord. Okay, so they immediately start looking into Todd, clearly. He's very suspicious. Firefighters investigate the scene and find patterns on the floor consistent with the use of accelerant. They also find suspicious burning by the front entrance on the aluminum, like, overhang, you know, like the porch overhangs that are... Aluminum made of aluminum. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird that that would burn unless it was really hot and they feel like use of accelerant would have been the only thing that would have made it really hot at that point to burn that part of it. They also, and so they take evidence by the front door and find like charcoal lighter fluid when Mm. they test it. They also have, um, you know, the, when windows have that like web, like cracks they're not like blown out but they Mm -hmm. just have these like web like cracks on them like our phones do that that's what our phones do when you drop (laughs) your phone and the screen like gets the spider web you just see it go yep (laughs) well they call those crazed windows and they say this happens only when fires get so hot due to the use of accelerant and so the windows are showing this crazed look They also are suspicious of the fact that Todd didn't have many burns on his body or that his feet were not burned when he was found at the scene barefoot. Like if he's running through this burning hot house and there's, Mm -hmm. you know, accelerant um, marks on the floor, then the floor is clearly very hot and burning and he has bare feet and he doesn't even have anything on. So their thought is that he like started this at the front door when he was already out. That's Mm -hmm. the assumption. So... Hold on, sorry, my papers are sticking together. I gotta, I gotta, sorry about that. Huh. So anyway, two weeks after the fire, Todd is arrested on capital murder charges of his three children. He goes to trial in August of 1992. 
He's offered a life-term sentence in exchange for him pleading guilty, but he refuses because he is insistent that he is innocent. And Stacy even testifies as this trial that he's innocent, like insisting he would not like, yes, he has hurt me. And she admits that on the stand. He's beaten me. We've had a rough marriage, but he would never, never hurt these children. So, you know. And can I ask a question real quick? This Mm -hmm. fire happened during the day. Yeah, it was like... You said, right? uh, Like in early morning, because she... So there was also speculation that she worked overnight and stopped at the thrift store because she was working at a bar on the way home. But some say that she was home and woke up. She even says that in an interview, that she was home, woke up, and left. So it was between like 9 and like 10. So why was he in bed? I think he was just still sleeping like at 9 in the morning, I think. Or maybe gotcha. went back to bed after, you know, I don't know. I mean, okay. clearly he's not the dad of the year and he's probably not up making sure the kids are okay. Okay. Gotcha. So, okay. So based on all the previously mentioned fire evidence, testimony at the trial, um, based, well, that was testified at the trial, all that fire evidence that I mentioned earlier and all the abuse that was in the relationship, testimony from De- Todd's roommate while in jail because he says that Todd admitted to him that he did it. There's but always a jailhouse snitch. There is a jailhouse snitch. But again, like, hmm, we'll see. Um, and testimony from a psychiatrist stating that he was a sociopath and that he would be a future danger to society. He is convicted of the murder of his three children, and he was sentenced to death. Oh, gosh, in Texas. Yes. In Texas, they do not offer, I mean, I don't know if they do now, but at this time, for sure, they did do not offer life without the possibility of parole. It's either life with the possibility of parole, or you get convicted and sentenced to death. Like, Mm. those are the options. And when you have this horrific of a crime, they're not going to offer you a parole. So it's got to be death. Like, they need to get the death penalty. So Todd sat on death row for 12 years. Not long after he was convicted, Stacy filed for divorce and doesn't visit Todd in jail at all, pretty much. Um, but she also doesn't waver on his innocence. I was just going to say, does she still believe that he is yes. innocent? She just is kind of like, I need to end this part of my life like it's over. I need to just move on. So she cuts ties with him, but still is telling people that he's he's innocent. So as you can imagine, all of those years were full of appeals and every time they were denied. <clears throat> Two weeks before his execution date, he asked Stacy to come see him. And he requests that she not come to the execution and asks if he could be buried next to the girls. Huh. Which she refuses. Um, because she at that point, she's pretty much like, well, I can't. Because everybody thinks you're guilty. And if I let you, that would like really look weird for me to let you be <laughs> buried next mm-hmm. to the girls at this point. So... His lawyers are feverishly trying to get a stay of execution as they were getting new evidence and had a new report from a fire forensic scientist. Yes, I am dying to know who they think killed these girls if it was not the dad. Okay, well, well, I I don't know if I'll answer all of your questions, but (laughs) I'm going to answer some. All of these stays of execution were denied and they didn't accept any new, like they would get the report, but not, they're saying they didn't even read it because they were like, everybody's convinced this guy is it. And Texas isn't in the habit of like reversing death penalties. The governor was given 
uh, a report right before, but he was also up for reelection and he probably was thinking, I'm not going to get reelected in Texas if I do a stay of execution right before. Especially of <laughs> three young children. Yes. Yeah. So everything was just against him in this case, in those terms. So like I said, Stacy had maintained for years that she was innocent, but right before the execution date, an affidavit comes in stating that she's now changed her mind after reading all of the court transcripts of the <clears throat> hearings. She believes that he killed the kids and that he admitted it to her on that last visit that she had with him. So, which he denies, by the way, he denies admitting it. On February 17th, 2004, Todd was executed by lethal injection. And his final words before execution were, the only statement I want to make is that I am an innocent man convicted of a crime I did not commit. I have been persecuted for 12 years for something I did not do. From God's dust I came, and to dust I will return, so earth shall become my throne. I gotta go, road dog. I don't really know if that was true, but it was in a quote, so. <laughs> okay. I gotta go, road dog. Who's road dog? Who's I don't talking know. to? His homie? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who knows? And then he addresses Stacy, who's watching about eight feet away through a window, and says, I hope you rotten hell, bitch. Whoa. And then he attempts to maneuver his hand that's strapped down to like give her the finger, essentially. So. Well, see, now that makes me think he did it. Okay. Okay. I was just going to ask. I mean, he, it definitely sounds like a piece of you know what. <laughs> yes. But, you know, okay. All right. Well, here we go. Here's where I'm going to start to blow your mind. My mind was blown, at least. So. The defense team was trying to get the judges and the courts to grant these stays of execution. So here's the stuff that they got that was pushing them in that direction. After about two months after the fire, the National Fire Protection Association published a new report called, called the NFPA 921. In this report, they were saying that there was new science behind fire investigations. And actually, up until this point, there wasn't any from what I can tell, science behind it. It was just years and years of firefighters fighting fires and seeing patterns and just like starting to say, okay, this was arson. This is how I know this, blah, 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 blah. So there really wasn't any science behind it until okay. this point. So now this new report that was published two months after it is saying, here's, there's now science behind it. We've got um, firefighters that are actually setting fires and watching them and figuring it out. So here's a couple things they found. The crazed glass I mentioned earlier that they once thought only happened when accelerant was used is now found that it that occurs when water is sprayed on a window. Oh, okay. During it being put out. Okay. So it cracks and so it, when the fire is sprayed on it. So did it happen because there was accelerant? We don't know. The floor burn patterns that was said <clears throat> to have been caused by the accelerant, um, which I didn't mention this earlier and I didn't even put it in my notes, but they said in the trial that it was like in a pan pentagram, I don't know, some sort of sat satanic 
simple that that's what was like and they were saying that he was like a satan worshiper because he had these like posters of his in his room well later on these posters are found out to be like i don't know what heavy metal band but basically posters or something yeah of that and so like that's all it was it wasn't satanic but anyway they had said these burn patterns like he had made this pantogram on the floor and that's what the pattern was with the accelerant but anyways So the guru behind all this new forensic science stated that when fires excel quickly because they burn a a lot of combustible material quickly, so everything basically just goes up all at once quickly in the fire, Um, and they had a Christmas tree there and a whole bunch, you know, they have a smaller house and they have a whole bunch of kids stuff in there, so everything just can go up. This gas builds up and causes an explosion, and it's called a flashover. So Which is what happened. You said they saw that happened. Right. There was an explosion that blew out right. the windows, some of the windows. And so it goes up across the ceiling first and then comes down to the floor, essentially. So it wouldn't have been the accelerant on the floor. Anyway, so those kind of flashovers, according to this guy, makes it impossible to visually identify accelerant patterns because of the way oh. this fire burns. And when you look at the patterns in this particular fire, they're consistent with going in the directions of the windows in the house. And that's what's called ventilation patterns. So it wasn't he saying that he poured stuff on it. Those It went in those patterns because they were going towards the windows, the flames. Hmm. Okay. Am I blowing your mind yet? A little bit. As for the aluminum burning on the porch and them not believing that it could get that hot without the use of accelerant, um, this has been proven, this has not been proven false. No, sorry, just kidding. It can get, they have proven it false. It can get hot enough without the use of accelerant. It's kind of rare, but it can get hot enough. And if you're saying, well, okay, they took a sample though, and they found lighter fluid, right? Mm-hmm. In that area. Well, let's just say there's a barbecue with bottles of lighter fu- fluid on their front porch. So when the fire comes out, it's clearly going to light that up. And that excel- that lighter fluid is going, you know, like when it blows up, is going to be splattered right. around mm-hmm. the front. So there's the reason for that. And they did have it, they're saying, on their front porch. Yes, there was a barbecue with bottles of lighter fluid on the front porch, okay. which wasn't kind of mentioned. They just kind of leave, left that information out. Hmm. So this forensic scientist concluded that there was not one iota of evidence that accelerant had been used and that this, or that it was arson and it was actually an accidental fire. He's saying that they didn't, they were so convinced that accelerant was used that they never um, really looked at wiring in the house, the space heater that was Any other options, essentially. Yes. And they were just dead set on... Todd did this because everybody knew he was crummy, essentially. So that this was what was in the report that was given to the court days before the execution, but they didn't even look at it. They were like, there's no new evidence. The evidence was showed that he did it. There's there's nothing that you could say. So they're saying that there's no way they even read it, because if they had read it, they would have somebody would have acted on it. But I don't I don't know. Like I said, it's Texas. Maybe they wouldn't have. So also Since then, the psychiatrist that testified Todd was a sociopath and would be a danger in the future has been expelled from the American Psychiatric Association due to his misconduct in his practices. 
He would often testify and write reports without even talking to the defendants, which was the case in Todd's case. He never even talked to Todd. Hmm. And he's also been dubbed Dr. Death because in out of the 167 cases that he testifies in, 100 of those, he said that the person would be a danger to society in the future. And this testimony saying that they're a danger to society is mandatory in a trial in order to get the death penalty. So it's hmm. like they always ask this he's guy. He's a to prosecution come in. witness, is mm-hmm. what he is. He's, yeah. he's on their yeah. long payroll list or whatever. And he's no longer able to practice because he was found to be, yeah. be you know, mm-hmm. sleazy. Not an unbiased uh, witness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is said, so the derogatory comments made towards. Stacy, right before he dies. Basically, they're saying he was pissed because she lied that he admitted two weeks. Right. And he, she essentially, you know, the nail, put the nail in the coffin for him, so to speak, because like maybe they would have looked into it if she hadn't then come out with this affidavit that, David, that, oh, he admitted it to me days mm-hmm. before. But so, why would she do that though? I don't know. Um, the, like I said, I watched several things on it. There's an ID discovery, um, show on it. And then there's, um, also a documentary on the other side of this, where I got the information from the forensic scientists and he's a very interesting dude. He's cool. (laughs) Um, but she says she, I mean, she's like, yeah, I, I lied on the stand, but I'm not lying now. And I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't want to say that she's lying and, but I, I don't know. I'm not convinced. That she, I'm also not convinced she's telling the truth, honestly. Yeah. With all of this actual physical evidence, and he saying for so long he didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't do it. Why would he all of a sudden? Oh, also, the guy um, that uh, in the jail that he says admitted, yeah. he comes back and recants his testimony and basically says that the prosecution um, – Paid him to say it. Yeah, like said I would get a lesser sentence Mm -hmm. and they told me what to say, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. But clearly like now everybody's like, well, do we believe that guy? Because he's really an ex-con. Which when did you lie? Did you lie on the stand or are you lying now? Like we don't know. But he's very like he's like turned his life around that guy and I watched him and I kind of believe him now, Mm -hmm. like based on how he's doing now. Also, it is my policy to always believe liars when they said they lied. I mean, you know yeah, what I'm saying? that's like, true. <laughs> yeah. If they're yeah. liars and you're like, well, you can't believe them because there's a liar, they're probably not going to lie about that they lied. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, Because that's they're true. like, everything's I'm a liar. They know I lied. I lied. Yeah, I lied. <laughs> right. You should probably believe them that they lied. <laughs> yeah. Fair. That's, that's a fair statement, actually. Um, the prosecutor, I will say, like, actually got brought up on, I don't know if it was charges or whatever, but they investigated him and the Supreme Court ruled that he didn't do anything wrong in this trial. Mm-hmm. And it's being fought. It's literally being fought nonstop. The Innocence Project isn't on this. I was just like, going to ask who is fighting this because he's been executed. Like, yeah, he yeah. doesn't well, have I, a voice anymore. Right. Unless somebody so the innocent, has yeah. one for him. Yeah. The Innocence Project got involved in it. Um, it initially, there was this lady, um, Elizabeth Gilbert. She started writing him in prison because she was probably like in this got into this program of people who I, I didn't even know there was an actual program. I just thought people just started writing people uh, like, cause they have this weird 
fetish to talk to right. him, but I guess there is an actual program for people to sign up for to write to convicts in prison. Mm-hmm. And she got signed up for this and got to know Todd and actually started visiting him and really started to believe him. And so she kind of spearheaded the like initial mm-hmm. while he was still alive. Um, but she gets into a car accident and is like paralyzed and ends up not being able to continue visiting him and helping him in the end. Um, but she still believes that he's innocent and whatnot. But anyway, I don't know what you think. Clearly he's not a saint and he was abusive. And, but did that mean that he killed his kids? And, you know, I I don't know. I'm, I'm 100. I'm going to say I'm at a crosswords, cross crossword roads. I think, yes, he could have done it. Yes. He's, he's a jerk. But now I'm like, the evidence would not have convicted him. Well, that's what I was just getting ready to say. I completely agree that he was capable probably of doing it. Mm. But I don't know that we can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he did. Right. That's what I think. So, And if we are have belief in the justice system, then we can't prove that he did it, I think, based on the new evidence that has come out. Mm-hmm. I do think it is weird, though, that he didn't get his kids. I think I just think that's strange. Like, I understand not going back in the house, but, like, where was – if he thought the one-year-old had run outside, where did she actually run? Why would he not have run with her? I don't know. Well, you see what he, I'm saying? Like, if she came was, into his room – Right. So he was, like, saying, go get out because he was going to go to the twins' room because the twins had, like, a baby gate in front right, of them. Right, right. So they wouldn't have been able to. And I will say – and I also um, wouldn't just grab one and run out because he said he grabbed one thing, one stuffed animal that he thought was yeah. a kid and then was like, all right, sorry for whoever I just left. Right. Yeah. And and there but, was... But the, let me go move my car real quick. Okay. So yeah. So there <laughs> has weird. been lots of, um, I don't know, that stories have changed. Like police reports initially were saying like... Um, he actually got a tire iron out of his car. That's what he was doing. And he hit the window and to break it and whatever to go back in. And then it, then that explosion happened. And then he was like, oh. I can't go back in. That's dramatically um, different. That makes me feel a whole different way. I know. I, but the thing is, it's like their stories changed because then that same neighbor testified a completely different way that hmm. – he wasn't going in, blah, 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 like he wasn't doing anything. So it was like stories changed over the years. And when it came to the trial, they were just like out to get him, I think. I, mm. I, 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 I actually think that it was an accident. And, that, mm. and then he just was like kind of a coward and didn't, didn't, couldn't go back in. Like he just couldn't, wasn't well, strong enough blew to do up. it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. no, I don't know that any of us would. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know either. I think I would lean more towards the he did not do it. I know. I want Which to I be did like, not you're think such I was a gonna, jerk. <laughs> but if there really are reports that he was trying to get back in, that's a whole different ballgame because my big hang up was his behavior while the fire was happening, like grabbing the stuffed animal and moving your car. That's that was telling to me. So if that's not even true I don't even know. I know. But it's like, it, I don't know if we're ever going to know because it's like these he said, she said. It's like, oh, when were you telling the truth? And this poor <laughs> Stacy. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Like, first of all, I can't imagine going and buying Christmas presents for my kids and during the process of buying them presents, finding out they're all dead. Yeah. Like, holy smokes, that is Mm -hmm. really going to ruin Christmas for somebody forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, she has been through a lot. Yes. Yeah. And is still apparently going through it. And I'm sure she can't be at peace whenever it's all still... I'm not saying they should not fight it because of that, but I'm just saying, like, it's not going away for her. Like, this is her life. Yeah. Her whole exactly. life now has become this case and, and this loss. Oh, my right. gosh. And and heart. for some people, she's like, she's the enemy now, you know, because right. they're saying, like, well, you lied on the stand and now you're lying now and blah, blah, blah. Like, so, yeah. I mean, I feel for her. Yeah. But I'm still so at a sad. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. This was a different kind of case. It was. It was. Because we're not like totally like (laughs) killing that guy. Like, hey, I mean, was yeah, like justice was served. (laughs) Woohoo! Right. Exactly. I don't. I know. That's strange. That's really tragic. Honestly, if someone was convicted, it worries me about this country some things like that when i hear about stuff like that i'm always like man we're never gonna get it right Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i will i will say i highly recommend watching their the investigation discovery evil lives here season nine episode one is basically stacy telling the whole thing it's her side and then death by fire is the documentary where they talk with the forensic scientist guy. There's another one, Incendiary, Incendiary, I don't, I don't know how to say that, um, that I want to watch that I just looked up, but I have to rent that one. And then there's a movie. Oh, good Lord. Trial by Fire. Hmm. That was fantastic. It was okay. a good movie. Like, And it had legitimate actors in it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I should start with that one. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's definitely like there's definitely lots of truth to it. Clearly, they're going to dramatize it and they're going to like add little things in. And according to the actors, I read an article about it. Um, the one who played Stacy, like she just kind of had to go by what she read in reports because Stacy wanted nothing to do with it. So she couldn't really, you know. Yeah. She's like, so however I acted could be how she acted, but I don't really know. <laughs> wow. You put some time in. Yeah. It was it was, it was interesting. It I was is. like, I really want to know. I want to <laughs> see and I hear really everything I can. <laughs> love whenever people send in suggestions like it's all of our suggestions especially um you know cuz some sometimes we get cases and there's just they're new or there's not enough information and we can't put together an entire episode right now with them so we just kind of hang on to them but some of these cases it's like we've never heard of these cases before and probably wouldn't have covered them otherwise. And you guys are really like, cause they're outside of our box, right? We are comfortable mm-hmm. in what we're comfortable in. And we cover the cases that we know how to research well and how to put together well and make a nice story. And I really like, you guys are shaking it up. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. When I first wrote this one down and like quickly did a Google search, I was like, Oh, great. Like guy killed his kids. Ugh, this isn't going to be that great. You know, I had no idea I was going to go into this like, <laughs> rabbit hole of holy crap maybe he didn't do it <laughs> so yeah interesting okay that was a great case thank you so much for telling it thank you stacy for suggesting it 
Let us know if you're the same, Stacy. <laughs> Could you imagine? Sure it's not. No, the last name wild. is different. So, <laughs> oh, okay. You're safe then. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was a great story. We really appreciate that. So keep the um, suggestions coming. Come find us on social media. Send us a message. Reach out. Post pics of you listening. We will repost and write you back. It's the funnest part of our day. So please do that. And we hope you come back if you're new or um, just starting us. We hope you come back and listen. Join us every Monday on all the platforms. We haven't said that in a while. I know, right? And um, we love you guys and hope you're having a great summer. And always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.